we're not doing a normal intro today. I think you might know this guy, Russell Brand. Welcome Hello. to the Rubin Report here in Locals in Miami on your American tour. Thanks for having me on the Rubin Report. Pretty good. We get our own mugs. You can have that. You want to keep that mug? Yes, please. I'd like to sign it and I'd sure. like to, I'll, I'll keep it as a memento of a already lovely occasion just arriving here and meeting everyone. It's been so lovely. You're bouncing all over the place, man. It's been a, it's been a wacky week. Do you have like a, a word that would sum up what has happened since you got to America, the Bill Maher thing, and then you've done 800 shows and all over the place? What, what word would sum it up for you? Vicissitude. <laughs> Like it's sort of like a vacillating, undulating, uh, shape-shifting, state-altering kind of. It's, uh, it's been, it's interesting, isn't it, mate? Because we're, uh, where other than the vanguard of the political conversation would you want to be? Where, where else would you want to be? But the truth is, is that I don't do well with antagonism. I don't do well with it. I don't care for it much. You know, I don't, I, I prize serenity very highly. I, I don't really particularly enjoy being at the center of, uh, 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 of incendiary matters, nor do I enjoy being criticized. Like, say if you ask someone for feedback, this is what I mean. I go, yeah. Oh, have you got any feedback? Do you know what I actually mean? Can you give me a series of very sincere and specific compliments now? Yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> Sincere and specific compliments. The way you did that was brilliant. That yeah. bit, mm, mm, thank you. Then I can sort of sit and reflect on it as if I'm like we're studying something that's uh, uh, objective and external. I don't like to feel attacked in particular. Perhaps nobody does. I long ago, due to the nature of, of celebrity have broadly elected to extract myself from the discourse about me, uh, deciding, uh, 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 as is suggested in my program, uh, what other people think of me is none of my business. Yeah. What other people think of me is none of my business. You can do what you want in your mind. That's yours. Or you could even say what you want. It's none of my, it's none of my business. It's abstract. But of course, like on the level of um, how I actually feel, I am, like all of us, I'm sure, a well-intentioned person and I, I'm optimistic about human beings and I'm trying to do something that I feel is important. Yeah. And perhaps I, I hope I'm doing it well, but of course with no way of knowing. Isn't it kind of funny, like someone that doesn't court the controversy and then you have a moment like that real-time moment, yeah. which actually, why don't we just throw to it real quick? Everyone's seen it a million times, we'll throw to it. It's disingenuous <laughs> to claim that the biases that are exhibited on Fox News are any different from the biases exhibited on MSNBC. It's difficult to suggest that's, that's... that these corporations operate as anything other than mouthpieces for their affiliate owners in BlackRock and Vanguard. And, and unless we start to embrace, and, and also, mate, like, just spiritually, if I may, use that word in your great country we have to take responsibility for our own perspective I, i've been on that msnbc yeah, mate it was right. propagandist nutcrackery yeah. you, you i went on the show called morning joe yeah. it was absurd the way they carried Good on morning joe yes. yeah That's i don't it. know what it was it wasn't morning there was no one called joe there no one could concentrate they didn't understand the basic tenets of journalism no one was willing to stick up for genuine american heroes uh, like edward snowden no one was willing to talk about Julian Assange and what he's suffered trying to bring real journalism to the American people. And I think to sit within 
The castle of MSNBC throwing rocks oh. at Fox News is ludicrous. My friends, Make my MSNBC friends. better. The moment that you give me a specific example, an actual example. Okay, I'll give you oh, one. Wait, just wait. Wait, wait, wait. Just specific example. How about? Wait, 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 let, me, let me tell you what the specific example is here. I'd like to hear a specific example, a provable specific example of an MSNBC correspondent or anchor being on television saying something they knew was false and were saying behind the scenes to people, this is, I'm about to go out and we know that we know that the election wasn't stolen You've or something equivalent, example. but I will go, I but I will go saying. out, but I will go out on television and say the okay. opposite. I will lie. When's I'll, my answer? Wait, wait, give, just give me a, give me the specific example. I understand the basic okay. point. Give me a specific I, 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 example. I, 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 all right, all right. I'm with you. I think it's a false equivalency, Russell. It's a false equivalency. It's not I, about bias. It's a false equivalency because you don't <clears> actually know anything about any of these organizations you're talking about. Even on MSNBC ones. Big fucking deal. My darling, you, it was more than enough. With, you can't come up with such a carry you, don't have a single, you have a single actual no. fact. Do you want an example? Yep, Do you yes. want an example? Yes. The ludicrous, outrageous criticisms of Joe Rogan around ivermectin, re deliberately referring to it as a horse non, medicine when they know it's an effective medicine. Yeah, that, that's what not a Rachel example. Maddow turning up on the TV saying, if you take well, this vaccine, you're not going to get it, when it hadn't been clinically trialed for transition. You have to listen. Wait. Do you think you can improve America I by determinedly be and avowedly condemning Fox News without acknowledging that you're participating in the same game? I'm... Did you not? Not just listen to Bernie Sanders, <laughs> someone who plainly, legitimately believes in this country and believes it's possible to change, but is bound by corruption, is bound by the lobbying system. Surely it's clear to you, Bill, as one of the great pundits and experts and comic voices, that systemic change is required. Money has to be taken out of politics. We need new political systems that genuinely represent ordinary Americans so that we can overcome cultural differences. And bickering about which propagandist network is the worst is not going to save a single American life, not improve the life of a single American child, not going to improve America's standing in the world, and the world needs a strong America. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. So you have an obligation, a duty, not to condemn these people. You weren't being a dick. I mean, that's the thing. You were trying to say something very true, something that most of us are, are we know about yeah. media and everything. But then it gets turned into like this destruction of this guy, and and I probably even feed into some of that when I cover it on my show. Like, man, that guy kind of deserved to get wrecked. But it wasn't it wasn't really about him. You weren't trying to make it about him. That was very clear. I was astonished that, uh, that uh, anybody is willing to go to the mat for that yeah. set of values anymore. But of course, I know that people are. And yeah, I don't like the idea that I'm being impolite to a person. That's not in accordance with my values. But you weren't really being impolite. You you were being passionate, right? Like uh, you weren't you weren't rude to him. I don't think. I think you were you were confident in what you were saying, and it needed to be said. Yeah, I feel we can't move forward with the conversation from uh, like they, it happens in politics, doesn't it? You know, when they say, "Oh well, this is only happening because the last administration done that," or "This is because CNN or Fox News or whatever." And it's like, well, why don't we focus on what we're contributing individually, or if we claim to be the representative of some sort of movement, class, culture, or advocacy group, perhaps then we can look at how, if we claim to speak on behalf of them, and certainly I make no such claim then we should look after ourselves and, uh, and our own conduct. And because, uh, as Gandhi said, uh, I find I am such a sinner in my own life, I'm not confident when it comes to judging others. I 
try to monitor my own behavior. But uh, I am engaged in punditry. I am engaged in commentary. So, you know, like, and as, as I said, I suppose in that conversation, it's not like I particularly align with Fox News as an institution. In fact, I have a rather colorful history with that organization. <laughs> right, 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 right. So when you were pre preparing for the show or they're telling you, you know, they do obviously, they do a pre-interview with you or are you past that point? Uh, we kept trying to do it, but I kept not doing it. So, I, kept, I kept not doing the pre-interview. Right, There's but, a pre but you knew what the topics were going to be, right? No, I knew, like, uh, what happened, uh, they said that they were going to, they said that that might come up, actually. they. I thought that they said we would talk about the pandemic, and yeah. then I think that they said that there was a possibility that uh, the changing nature of the relationship between Fox News and Trump would come up. And and so I suppose it was within the orbit of that topic that right. the contretemps around the distinctions between neoliberal establishment media and neoconservative establishment media was discussed. Yeah, it was so interesting because when he was trying to get you, like, give me the one, right? Like he was trying to give me give me one time that they intentionally lied, and it's like. Man, we could do this all day. Very yeah. fine people on both sides. Brett Kavanaugh is a serial rapist. The Covington kids are racist. I mean, I do this on my show every day. You went with the Rogan one, and it's like he didn't. He just didn't have much after. He wanted to. But, suppose... but does it get to that point of of like it's weird that anyone defends it? Is that really what you think this is about? I'm starting to come to that too. That it's hard to defend at this point. I. This is where I'm at, Dave. I'm at. Why don't we now acknowledge that there are different ways of being a human and call a kind of truce and accept that there are some people, for the, for the sake of simplicity, that there are progressive ways of being a human being, there are traditional ways of being a human being, neither of those ways are wrong. Why don't we allow one another to express ourselves how we want to within the obvious bounds of consent and then perhaps we can organize different alliances so that we can organize around the systems of centralized power that will elsewise continue to dominate and annihilate. Do you sense that that's happening right now? I mean me, yeah. living, me living here in Florida, I mean look you know I'm gay, I'm married, I have two kids like this is the freedom place. You know, they make it seem like it's the place of right-wing crazy people and everything. I'm freaking loved here, and I and I love it right back. It's it's wild. But I think, no one, I, no I think one cares it. about being gay or being they, married or having two kids. No, we it was freaking Halloween. We took our kids in strollers, met every neighbor within ten square blocks. Everybody, not one weird comment. Sigh. Nobody cares. Nobody. That's what's happening right here. Mm. I think what you're what you're calling for. Yeah, perhaps yeah. About, but it's not uh, happening everywhere. It, do you feel that that would um, be able to escalate through the various expressions of like every letter of the LGBTQ plus uh, <sighs> moniker? I mean, I personally have nothing to do with that whole thing. Like, I happen to be gay and I'm married to a guy and, and that's it. I, I only represent myself as I think you probably only represent Russell Brand. So when they try to put all if these even. letters... Right. <laughs> Who a else? Bits of Russell Brand I represent, but there yeah. are parts of that guy that I want nothing He's, to do with. Who, who's the true representation of Russell Brand? There are so many of us. Yeah. Uh, goodbye, Ruby Tuesday. Who could put a name on you when you change with every new day? There you go. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that. Well, let's put it this way: if if there was a, a trans person walking around the the town, I don't think they would be ridiculed or anything. I think people basically are just kind of live and let live. 
politics is making us all kind of nuts at this point. Politics and the culture, and and I can't, I cannot see it anymore as inadvertent. Uh, it's, it feels to me that it must be a requirement of sustaining the systems of power that benefit, for example, in the pandemic, in the obvious, observable, and trackable ways financially, and through the ability to surveil and introduce new regulation. These they must benefit from ongoing conflict so it's a needed piece of the puzzle it feels to me like it is actually and so my sense is that there cannot be one homogenized version of this is you know there cannot be a uniculture there cannot be a unipolar world you cannot have a new hegemonic there must be the acceptance of, um, I would say, sort of a um, compatible, interconnected, localized systems of governance that the as much freedom, as much democracy, as much community, and the uh, systems of aggregation. My sense is, and again, it's just a vague one, that systems of aggregation benefit people at the top of them from agriculture, through industrialization, through technology. Whilst there are obvious benefits to agriculture to a population at large, the most significant gains are experienced at the top of those systems, and the amendments that are possible are not made, like industrialization, and even the sort of like the, 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 the so-called white goods revolution in this country in the 1950s you're going to have plenty of time with your new dishwasher and it's like well, do we have any more time has the tech are there different ways of deploying these sets of tools or is everything subtly and unconsciously being used in the service of a particular idea that's oddly centralizing yeah peter Thiel always says you know they promised us flying cars and we got 140 characters you know in essence we've sort of stopped innovating now and we're just doom scrolling all day long. Remember remember back in our day when the internet stopped? You'd go to a page and it would stop at the bottom. Oh, yeah. Remember that? And then they got rid of that. So you just scroll forever and it never stops. And you're mm. looking for more more craziness. Yes, it's nihilistic. I kind of sense that you're you're more libertarian than anything else, even though people are always like, he's a, le-. people on the right are always like, he's a lefty, but I like him. Something like that. Right? That. That's, that's what they do with I'm Bill the lefty Barr. you kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> that's... There could be a movie in that. They said that, <laughs> that, but but I sense you're mostly like you're you're talking about decentralization. You're talking about local communities. You're you're talking about taking power away and that kind of stuff. Like you're mostly just live and let live. I mean, the the show is stay free, right? Like yes. I suppose when people talk about libertarianism, sometimes there's the sort of is there the suggestion that we. Uh, I do not have a duty and obligation to love and care for one another. My, I suppose I don't feel that that needs to be mandated <laughs> by a, at the end of a gun. Right. That, that people can love one another consensually and that we can organise in various different publics. We can have the maximum amount of democracy, that we can honour the highest aspects of our nature, that Broadly speaking, I would respond sympathetically to a person suffering if I could see them. What I'm beginning to feel is that we have become uh, disjointed, that we have, uh, there's been an aberration from the conditions of our origin. There's nothing in our evolution that suggests that we would be able to live in societies of 300 million people, let alone 7 billion people. Whilst that is part of the reality that we're on a rock in infinite space, we are also in communities. And I like that phrase that I think I I heard from Helena Norberg-Hodge, uh, 
act local, think global. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so like we can have as much democracy in our community as possible, that we allow people to organize their communities however they want to, unless it has a negative impact on another community or the individuals within that community are not happy with it. And that we have to accept that there are many different ways of being human, traditional ways, new and emergent ways, new roles, new identities, allow people to be who they are, allow people to have as much democracy in their schools, as much democracy in their uh, in their, even law and order ought be demo democratic. In my country, for example, I heard like I, I respect very much people that are working services because I uh, understand the value of sacrifice. And I have friends that are working the police force, thank God. And like I, I feel uh, that wouldn't it be good if the forces of uh, you know even law enforcement is a phrase that's got some that you know as a true uh, an anarchist libertarian that I have some issues with because who do you mandate to <laughs> you know because the relationship between sovereignty and the governed has traditionally been you give us taxes <laughs> we won't get you won't let you get killed by bandits right. or whatever but me <laughs> that would be the basics of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know those bandits they could get you at yeah. any time yeah, give us yeah. some of your money and we'll protect you from it. But what I feel, Dave, is that uh, it would be nice if there were consensual policing, consensual governance, you live in the area, like it's a sort of localism. Like this phrase, there are supposed, do you have like particular phrases and ideas that have sort of stayed in the sphere of your awareness for a long while and they start to become part of your personal philosophy? In my case, when Gandhi said uh, the point of Indian independence, this is a country of 70,000 villages, each one should be fully independent, trading only where necessary, running and governing themselves. There's no point in us kicking out the British, then replicating the very institutions institutions that mm -hmm. they installed. Mm -hmm. And it seems that we are doing this now globally, sets of institutionalized power, whether they're corporate or state, that don't allow ordinary people to have very much freedom. It's interesting because you're you're basically, I think, selling me from an American perspective, you're selling federalism. I mean, the idea that the states should basically do everything locally and that we should have some structure above that, but it should probably be way weaker than this crazy structure that nobody believes in now. That is completely ineffective and probably very authoritarian. Oh, if that's the way that you term it, then certainly. Yeah, so I, federalism, I, I, the idea that the states, basically, I'm as a Floridian, everything that goes on with my life should have to do with Florida and the laws of Florida. The US government, the federal government, should have basically yeah. nothing to do with me except guard the borders and you know a couple of, make sure the states aren't at war, a couple of other things like that. Yeah, leave everyone alone. Yeah. I suppose you're. It'd be I, nice for you guys to have that in the UK, huh? What about? I suppose. Look, the point of the state is obviously supposed to be in order to prevent external attack, military. I mean, or gargantuan corporatism. You, one needs a state that can support the collective will of the people that elected them. Now, given that the for some time, and this would include both, uh, in my view both administrations, both political parties, that are so damn near to equal that to quarrel about which one is superior would be, I would consider, literally a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Even now after COVID, because I would agree with you for, for most, of, I think we're roughly the same age, for most of our lives, yeah, but I think something shifted in COVID where it's very, very clear, like, the Republicans ain't, better. They ain't great, but like they're much That's less the locked the Democrats you make, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. We ain't great, but you get this health care. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we ain't great, but we were bearing COVID. Right. Look, we ain't great. Fuck off. Fuck off then. Yeah. Let's but go we for stayed, great. We stayed open here. It's why I moved here, right? That's, that's something. That's something. Sure. Thanks for something. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. You know, like that's, that's yeah. I can't get hard for that conversation. Yeah. For like, oh, is it a bit better? 
Right. And that really was I'm the out. point with when you were doing the Fox News MSNBC. Yeah. That was the That's, same. That is the point. That was the same point. Yeah. yeah. It's like, let's do better. Because like, also, like, you know, if I always feel like I'm on the precipice of the pinker conversation of, do you know that so many people have been pulled out of poverty and, <laughs> and things are so great now? Oh, really? I must be imagining all this terrible misery that I'm seeing everywhere. All of this despair and nihilism and desperation. I must be imagining it. I must be imagining a spiritual void at the very core of our culture because I've just seen now that you've told me that it's never been as good. I know, like, you know, I respect yeah. uh, Professor Jordan no, Peterson. Yeah. Uh, throughout history, people are like, it's been you know, like, But for me, that's apology. That's not bold enough. People, this is it. The old idea is dead. The new ideas must emerge. It's going to require new alliances. It's going to require new conversations. If we are unwilling to have them, we're going to experience new forms of authoritarianism and centralization. It's already happening. Both political parties have been co-opted by the same corporate forces. They will behave in the same way. Now, I know that in my understanding is that you have, um, you know, like that you, uh, Ron DeSantis, that you're like down with Ron DeSantis. And I don't know very much about him, except I feel like I read like about that uh, and like giving good deal in the lever the other day, giving good deals to the energy folks and subsidizing things. You know, like I don't feel like anybody that's operating within that system is capable of genuinely representing the will of the people. And I'm not saying like, that Ron DeSantis is particularly bad, but no, and I know he's super popular here. I know right. people love him. And I, I would say he's particularly good here. I he, know. He's an aberration, but I get your, your broader point is that if you're still operating within the system that has existed. The system itself. That, that it's you actually can't irrelevant. Get, right, so, the, so yeah. I fully accept that. Look, yeah. And also, I don't think... I don't think any politicians, whether it's DeSantis or if you brought back George Washington, I, I don't think they're gods. They're just people, right? Right, so, yeah. So yeah. he's operating within a system. Yeah. I would say he's he's the best that we can get out of this system. And has he's done an awful lot here. Like, we, I have, guess I we have no crime. We have no, basically, you know, no homeless people. We have, uh, you know, we stayed open. We don't mandate vax. Like, all the stuff that all we're asking for. All those things sound yeah. great, but you yeah. know that there would be people from the other, like, you know, if yeah. John Oliver yeah. and his writing staff were watching you now, yeah. they would be saying, uh, excuse me, wouldn't they? And they would in particular be talking about that library stuff and the school stuff. And I watched these item the other day about they, like, they, right. in some schools they banned that two dads of a penguin thing. No, I mean, the only thing, they, they did a thing on it today. Like, this is where John Oliver, to me, just, like, fails miserably. Like, he's making up most of that stuff. The book, they banned basically two books. One of them was about, what was it called, guys? We always go, to, Queer Theory, where they were literally, it was going to teach, like, third graders how to give hand jobs. Literally with What about that penguin one? Like what about, yeah. what about uh, the, penguin the penguin one? I don't, one. What's that? Gender queer. But I don't think the penguin, you're talking about the penguin one no, with the two No, the penguin the one's two the dads. two dads they, raising they a all, chick. Right, so they are reviewing a few things, obviously. And also, yeah. on the John Oliver, look, I'm not, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm just saying, like, if yeah, I don't, I don't, need to make if I don't give him. you the uh, counter-argument, sure. what's the point in having me here? Yeah. Like, what it seemed to me that they were saying is that the, that, that legislation, uh, given that it was drafted by a lawyer, it, obviously, has like a sort of a looseness in it that means that it could be applied in ways that would not be particularly permissive, permissive, excuse me, or evolved when it comes to, for example, being able to have conversations with even like a 17-year-old around sort of sexuality. And I like feel that something like, you know, like, and again, I'm basing this on just a YouTube video with John Oliver. So yeah, I yeah, yeah. Like, but it seemed to Just me, for the record, it was for K through th third grade, not 17-year-olds. But it so, said it could yeah. be applied because yeah. it's not specific to the language because it would require parental consent. Is that like, there's the weather point that, you know, I'm just passing on yeah, John yeah, Oliver's yeah. research here because, yeah. you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but like, um, but for me, it would seem that that you know, 
and he showed videos of this sort of testimony that was leading to the success of this. I guess it maybe it's in particular districts or particular schools. You'll have to tell me when you watch it. You're so much more qualified in so many ways. But it appeared to me to be that that's the side of things where I would fall down the side. I would want kids that are gay to know that it's all right to be gay. Right. Well, of course I would want that. But I, I, my personal belief is it has nothing to do with the public schools. So that might be where you and I have a little bit, bit of a disagreement, which I'm completely fine with, by the way. Mm. But the, I, I mean, think, how old are you? Are you? Do you say how old you are? Are you? Is that nine? Are you as a? <laughs> I'm a nine-year-old little lad. I'm from Finland. <laughs> Why would you ask me that? Why would you say that? I'm feeling so self-conscious about no, dying. I, do, what if I die? Then what am I going to do? No, I get your point about public schools as well. Look, look, I, I just don't think a state employee should be talking to someone else's kid about sex. It's as simple as that. These, like, that's my basic. But obviously, position, yeah. the argument, the counter argument, Dave, is that the assumption of heterosexuality, like that, in a way, heterosexuality as the norm is being presented to them. It's not like you're talking about sex. You're talking about relationships because that Penguin book ain't talking about sex. It's talking about sort of loving relationships. So anyway, so I'm yeah. just. But I also agree because yeah. when it comes to my children, I don't R want my children. <laughs> well, that's it. That's it. Right. It's funny that I'm coming because you are a gay man who's married to a man yeah. and you've got children. Yeah. Sir, I'll tell you a thing or two about being a gay man. Tell me about these penguins. <laughs> well, they're gay. Um, you, don't, you don't know much about it. Um, like, but what I want to say is that um, I don't like people telling me what to do at all. Right. At all. On anything. I just right. want to be left alone. I just want to be left alone. And I would like to form communities on the basis of consent and people wanting to be in that community. And then through bloody, tiring, exhausting, boring democracy decide how that community is evolved at the maximum level of control and when it's handed over it's always handed over consensually and in a way that's understood we're gonna oh, like so oh i can't be bothered to work out how to run the sewage plant you fuckers do it oh i can't be bothered. but when i find out that the water is uh, owned by foreign interests and they're yeah. dumping shit into our rivers which is happening in our country because the water authorities have been sold off when they privatized everything you know i'm you know i'm not suggesting renationalize community own their assets community decide whether or not they want sewage dumped in their rivers, maximum amount of democracy, maximum amount of respect for the environment, maximum amount of respect. That's what we aspire to. And it seems that across the you're aisles... You're a federalist. I love it. Oh, I that's love what it. I am. You're a federalist. Maximum it, amount you know, of democracy. I know you don't want labels, but I mean, you believe in local control and, and people making decisions for themselves with with yes. some limited structure. Yes, yeah, some limited structure. And always being aware that of the tendency to rampant corporatism, because at the moment, that is what's happening. And when people are claiming localism, they're sort of turning a blind eye to the way that corporatism can exploit that localism, if not properly undertaken. That if there's any alliance at all, it's in order to com confront gargantuan corporate power. So as you've been on this... And get money uh, out of politics altogether. Should we offer that into yeah, the mix? Isn't it funny that that was a big being. thing 20 years ago? Like, and Where now did it's that just go? gone? It's just... Remember that? So like the politicians decided, hold on a minute, let's leave the money in <laughs> politics. Somebody's got to pay for these states. <laughs> you know, you ever go out to dinner in D.C.? These people are eating well. Are they? Yeah. Have of course ever, they are. Have you ever been to any of the, like, the big globalist things? You ever get, no. You've never been invited to any of those? Do you some, know, for some, some reason, they, Dave, they, they bring in celebs. You know? They might have picked up that. Uh, but that. maybe before you were like <laughs> fully, you know. Yeah, no, never, actually. Maybe, if I can, but I can't remember. I can't remember ever going anywhere and thinking, this is reprehensible. What was the moment that you got sort of into this, the politics side of this thing? I know it's not, you're not really political in a way, but you clearly are talking about politics. 
But was that, I mean, you're an actor and a comic, like, was that kind of always in you, or was there like a moment that it happened? Did COVID kind of no. escalate it? Actor, comic, that's a type of a job, isn't it? Like, an, like a comedian, actually, for me, is just sort of beyond a job. That's a religion. Yeah. That's a, yeah, sort yeah, of a yeah, purpose. Yeah. It's a perspective. Actor is a type of a job. For me, uh, the, 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 uh, my world view is part of my condition. It's part of where I come from. It's part of what I believe in. And the becoming an actor, that's just simply just opportunism. I was doing stand-up comedy. I got jobs on the TV as a result of that. I then got off of movies, all of these things. Oh, these are all interesting, exciting things. And by God, were they exciting and yeah. for, 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 for a while. But my actual, what would we be? Like, if it, look, I sometimes think this, if it didn't exist, would I invent it? If it didn't, like, you know, if there was no such thing as a movie industry, would I go, why don't we spend, like, a hundred million dollars telling this story? And what we'll do is we'll get to trailers at four o'clock in the morning, I'll stay in there most of the time, then I'll pop out for a bit and, like, do some, a little bit of acting. No, what I want to do is communicate truthfully and connect people. If anything, it's like a kind of secular and inclusive evangelism that's d deeply devout and accepting of the different ways that people might find God, so that each of us are going to have our own journey to God. That doesn't mean that people might not be part of a, a religious community or indeed a global faith. But that if we do not have a connection to something that I would call sublime or divine, that we are likely to become lost in materialism, individualism, nihilism and progressivism. And by progressivism, I don't mean cultural progressivism, the idea that human beings are on this journey journey to better and better stuff and that doesn't seem to be happening other than I would say through the false markers of medicine and technology and although they are marvelous great miracles and is, is that what you're up to more than anything else that we're just like in this lack of truth right now and even to bring it back to the real-time moment like you were trying to say something true in a culture war where, is, where nothing is true right like you do your show every day you talk about politics and it's like a lot of it is just debunking Bullshit, right? Like the people that just shovel bullshit all day long. Yes, that's what that is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to. Ha I'm what I feel like, mate, is that I'm limited in my understanding of most things. In fact, the sum total of all human <laughs> knowledge is negligible compared yeah. to the vast limitlessness of all potential realities. So there has to be a kind of blunt pragmatism to the way that we organize culture and society. And the only reference that, that I can uh, access is how did we evolve? Did we evolve to live in giant communities? I can see that there are ways where living, like having broad alliances, would be hugely beneficial. I can see that there are ways where the, the miracles of technology and medicine and science are hugely, hugely applicable. Obviously, of course, I live in the world. But it seems that there is an invisible ideology that doesn't declare and state itself explicitly, and all of the even apparent cultural arguments happen, take place within its framework. And what I would call it is commodification, consumerism, late capitalism, corporatism, uh, global corporatism, neoliberalism, that this ideology isn't being openly discussed, and it's at its nadir. It's right. dying. It's already dead. It died in 2008. And now we've got something bizarre and monstrous. So we have like a Frankenstein trying to keep it together or something while they were rearranging chairs on the Titanic as that's, it's sinking, something like that. Yes, that's what I feel like. Yes, that's yeah. what I feel like. And I feel like if, if it is not 
succinctly and explicitly addressed, we're going to experience new types of authoritarianism that frame themselves in, uh, albeit apparently novel ways, that yeah. benefit hugely from arguing about the sort of stuff, like even, you know, the stuff about like the public schools or whatever, when plainly, like that if you said, oh, I want to raise my kids in this way, I'd go, oh, okay. Right. I mean, all right, no, and I would assume that you would be the same with me. Like, well, yeah. Who cares? Like, as long as it's not, you know, we all know what sort of abuse. There seem to be some universal ideas that we understand. When you're when you're traveling, do you see places that it's working better than other places? I mean, now you've been a couple of days in Florida, but you were just in Cali, where it's obviously way different. And... I did a stand-up show yeah. uh, in uh, Clearwater, yeah. and I really liked it. And, that's, the that's and, and what I do recognize, yes, and I do recognize that there's a sort of a deep sense of sort of like pride here, and that obviously somewhat due to the stance that Florida took during the lockdown, that anti-authoritarianism is being expressed, uh, you know, like that the governor is the anti-government figure yeah. in, in in your state. But, uh, and, and, you know, why not? I don't, I'm not a pessimistic about human beings, generally speaking, but like I would always just look at where is the funding coming from? What's the ultimate intention? What kind of alliances? I would just ask the same questions that I would ask of anybody. Is it as democratic as possible? And I'm like, you know, and the it's better than I would always reject because yeah. from both sides. And as we've said, that's what I was sort of rejecting on the telly program the other day. And I'm, I don't know Ron DeSantis. For all I know, he could be Jesus. But like, you know, like sort of like... I'm pretty just, sure he's not Jesus. <laughs> but but so, maybe I can get you guys to sit down for coffee. How yeah, about that? God, absolutely. No, yeah. I'd like that. I'd like yeah. that. I, what I do accept is that, Dave, is that I, I feel that we want the maximum amount of authority in our own lives, max, like personal authority and autonomy, excuse me, and the maximum amount of democracy. And like I told you at the beginning of this conversation, I don't really like controversy and I don't think that any of that stuff's even particularly complicated. I'm just sort of inviting people that identify on the right to be as discerning as I would invite people that identify on the left to be. Like, who, are we definitely operating on behalf of ordinary people, totally inclusive, non-judgmental, completely loving, not secretly operating on behalf of economic interests in some, uh, you know. Is one of those directions easier than the other? Like right now, obviously people on the right dig you, and that's I think probably a little weird for you in some respects, right? Like people that maybe a couple of years ago you thought, ah, these weren't. Yeah, my, my people, but they're, that's what I found. You know, I was a lefty my whole life, and then suddenly I started saying a few things about freedom, kind of what you're preaching here in a, in a probably more simplistic way. And next thing I knew, all these people that, that I thought were the bad guys were like, hey, you want to have dinner? Let's see what's what. But what I will say... I like I'm, how you switch mugs. Like, like, uh, like, <laughs> so, I don't know what was in there. I have no idea what's in there. <laughs> and also it's gone from blue to red. Yeah. Oh, right at wow, a vital point that. in the conversation, huh? Yeah. Because um, in a way, it doesn't matter. <laughs> They're both basically that the was same. Very effective, right? Wow. Um, uh, but because like, we've, the, there's still statistics on where the funding comes from, on the number of people in Congress that own stocks and shares in like energy companies or the military-industrial complex. It's just basically the same. Yeah. It's just basically the same. So that's the sort of my position. Certainly, I've found that people. Uh, like uh, that I identify as uh, being sort of conservative or Republican or whatever, have been very open to this conversation. And the, look, I, it's clear to me and a matter of record that about 30, 40 years ago, or maybe even earlier than that, the uh, liberal establishment became co-opted by the same financial interests that have traditionally been associated with right-wing politics. If you look at the conditions that led to the war in Iraq and the kind of relationships and the kind of re 
restructuring that took place in that country and the catastrophe that happened around that war. Uh, that was Cheney and Bush. And mm -hmm. now look at what's happening elsewhere. And there are sort of, I would say, comparable conversations that could take place. And it's pretty clear where like, the sort of Clinton Foundation gets money from and the way that they advocate for particular things. So what I feel like is... and. Is that the solution will not come from within that system. Mm -hmm. I don't want to glory it by reveling in the differences because actually where I am from is a normal, modest, blue-collar, working-class background in Essex, England. And when I see people demonised on the basis of their class or their culture, whether they are in the dominant cultural group, sexually or racially or culturally, or a smaller uh, cultural group yep. uh, you know, by those markers, if economically we are uh, uh, attacking people, if we're attacking a class that is economically dispossessed, and I feel like, oh, I see what's happening now. I see what's happening. I see why people are angry. I see why people feel that they're being spoken down to. They are being spoken down to. And I suppose, Dave, that that's the thing that I felt wasn't being addressed and isn't being addressed, that the blame is being put on people that aren't empowered. And also that there's an escalation of, you know, the, 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 the kind of accusations around, uh, God, what do I want to say? perjuring people's beliefs. Oh, those people are just racist, those people right, are just right, this right. or just that. And I, I, I'm actually generally quite optimistic about people and think that people will get along if you leave them alone and if you don't impecuniate them and impoverish them. Do, do you think a, a whole bunch of people are just going to kind of check out of the system? Because I think a lot of people intuitively get what you're saying and they really do want the live and let live thing. I think there really is a feeling of that in America right now, that the whole system is so screwed up, it's so wacky, it's not in it for anyone except you know the, the few that control it. I think a lot of people are just going to be like, all right, I'm just checking out. I'm deleting the accounts. I'm figuring mm. out how to get off the grid, mm. you know, and just really just kind of disappearing. I, I, I think it's probably happening as we speak. I wonder about that movement. I wonder about a sort of a second kind of declaration of independence. Like what would happen if yeah. people did that? Our community, we are no longer associating with the superstructure. We want our own new confederacy. Have you heard of that from, from, you know, in America? They're talking about it now. Texas, there's some congressman that put forward a bill to have uh, secession and get out, just get out of the union. And, you know, maybe some of the red states could move out and, you know, something like that. It seems like, you know, we're united, but what are we united by? It's hard I to figure wonder, out. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's a conversation that needs to carry on. It needn't be presented as adversarial. Right, that's the it's thing. It kind comes of, off as adversarial, but it shouldn't. It oughtn't. I believe in devolution. In our country, which is obviously an absurd term because a country <laughs> is a concept. What is it really? A flag, a set of beliefs, a group of people. If it isn't benefiting those people, what is it doing? That landmass across the pond. I you guess. see that yeah, thing? Yeah, that, yeah. You know this language you're using? <laughs> like the, the, like the, the devolution was a big conversation like you know, a few years ago and Scottish independence is discussed and Wales has an assembly and obviously because of the colonization and imperialism in era and the north of that country. These sort of, and because Britain is a, an imperial and colonial power historically, these conversations have been ongoing. And I feel like well, if these institutions do not exist for the benefit of the people that they claim to serve, what is it that they are doing? And mm -hmm. I think you can make that. That's a, that's the type of inquiry that I don't claim to have the 
answer to or the conclusions to, but I feel that that ought be the investigation that takes place. And it oughtn't be disingenuous and it oughtn't be a sort of sly way of masking corporatism or allowing people to avoid this or evade that or benefit from this. Or you should, you should, what the, the term that keeps occurring to me is Sartre's good faith. Mm-hmm. Let's have good faith conversations. Oh, look, we're different from one another. How do you want to organize this? How, how do you think that people best can behave collegiately? What's the sort of critical mass before this gets a little complicated? Because the tendency appears to be economically led globalism currently becoming instituted in an attempt to create a unipolar hegemony through various means and an inability to accept that there are a variety of cultures that sort of are independently vying for their right to exist. Do you ever worry we're in that dystopian future already? Like we're, we're too deep in it to the point where we don't even know we're in it exactly. You know, Skynet's basically been turned on. Mm. The machine is operating and we're kind of all in the matrix. We have these little glimmers. I kind of think it's why your clip on Real Time took off. It was like a little glimmer of truth amongst all of the lies. And we see it and then it, and then we all get lost in the BS again and then you wait for another glimmer, but you sort of just never get out of the, the, the slumber, something like that. Yeah, I do feel that. But I also deeply believe in the possibility of awakening. And what I haven't mentioned yet, because I guess, you know, I tend to communicate in accordance with the context that I find myself in, is that most of what I believe in is undergirded by spiritual beliefs rather than political ones. Yeah. I don't actually, you know, all I know politically is just sort of just a conversational layman's knowledge. Like, I've, like you know what I mean? I've not been to, through higher education. I've not been to university. I don't claim to know any more than anybody that's just watching this now. But that's why your politics is interesting. Because oh, it's co- it doesn't come from politics. It's obviously coming from something else. That's why I think it's it's hitting. You know? It comes from a sense of like that as human beings, we know that we need meaning and purpose. We know that we have this sort of yearning for freedom, freedom of expression, freedom to be who we really are. We also know that there are myriad ways of being human and that th- there seems to be some scarce remembered time where we could live differently. There seems to be an awareness that we are not at the apex, but we are at the end of something, that we could go, that this could go either way, that we could yield to more centralizing authoritarianism, or we could look at different models, that the, there may be information in the past, deep, deep in the past, arcane, anthropological information. There may be even in the genius of Thomas Paine and the, your founding fathers and all that stuff that's of real value. But certainly there needs to be some new principles enacted. And I think that even to move forward into that territory, we might have to offer one another the grace of a certain amount of discordance. So what do you do if a certain amount of people don't want to offer that grace? Because again, I'm with you. And I think think a lot of people watching this- Violent war, Dave. You have to to take camps, I assume, right? Like you gotta, no, but what do you do if if you know, if you sit down with the, you know, if Florida was like, hey, you know, we've just kind of had enough, no offense, we're just gonna do our thing and take care of our people. It's gonna be very pleasant here. Yeah. You know, let everybody live it as free as they want. But if the other guys just keep saying, no, 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 no. We want to get we, involved. We still want some of that. We want some of the cash. We want some of the goodness. We want, you know, what, what do you do then? I suppose then Florida would have Because I think to, a lot of people are thinking about it. I think the right ordinary now. people of each of the states would have to, <laughs> it has been long argued, typically I would have to say from the left, that the ordinary people of the world have more in common with one another yeah. than they have with the elites that govern. And that this 
has the potential of being communicated now through the miracles that we are currently enjoying. In his book, The Revolt of the Public, Martin Gurry, the former CIA analyst, who you should have on your show if you haven't already. No, no, I haven't. Yeah, he's good, man. He says that, that the, just the, the technology, the medium, you know, in a Malcolm, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, Malcolm the, McLaren. The, the medium yeah. is, the, message. is the message. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like that, that what we are experiencing now is the ability to communicate, to, to dissent, in new ways, that power is organizing differently, that you can't centralize and control in the same way, so new forms of authoritarianism are emerging. Mm -hmm. The possible, and we've already seen through Napster and the Arab Spring and Occupy, the potential for organization almost spontaneously. But I would say that these are the conversations that I'm having now, and the reason that I'm having them is that if, uh, like, why even, oh, you could even reject the term Florida. You could reject the term New York. Mm -hmm. you, could, well, you could decide how, like, I would say the maximum amount of democracy needs to be as local as possible, as local as possible, as little centralized authority as possible. But there obviously needs to be a degree of organization. I would say that if, that I would say, well, if the price of people of Florida being left alone is the people of California being left alone, if you want to use those yeah, geographical yeah, yeah. pre-existing states and that kind of terminology. <laughs> I'm just trying to bring us down to something on earth. I got what you're doing at the, at yeah, the metaphysical level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As much democracy as possible. As much democracy as possible, I yeah. suppose. And again, the sort of, it's not going to be immediately perfect, but which, which social system ever has arrived fully formed and also we're not aiming entirely for perfection we're aiming for improvement and and the kind of reforms and incremental improvement that the current system is capable of delivering are insufficient so uh, some form of radical reorganization is required and i would say that to focus primarily on where is power coalescing is it observable are there giant corporations that are wealthier than nations well that's an interesting area to look at Mm -hmm. Are there powerful energy companies that are still being offered subsidies, <laughs> that are still being subsidized when there is an energy crisis? Is there a military industrial <laughs> complex that's benefiting from war? Are there pharmaceutical industries that are benefiting from medical crisis? Right, these are all areas that you might want to locate as potential problems. So avert your eyes for a moment from cultural differences yeah. and focus on where power and uh, financial clout and the ability to organize is currently centralized and look at that that is the area what that you that we collectively need to address this isn't the most uh, comfortable question but do you ever get nervous that you're you're hitting close to something oh no right and do you get nervous about just your life like you don't have to do this you can check out and disappear and you know you can meditate and do all and jump in the ice bath and do all the stuff that you want to do forever uh, but you're you're hitting close to something and, uh. and that that comes with risks However, so. however you want to. Yeah. Well, don't you think, oh, we're not all I, doing the same thing? No, I, I, you're not doing I, it? No, I do think We are doing that. it. Yeah, we so are. So you're in there it. as well. Yeah. And I do think about it. And I think about it now more than ever because now I have two young kids where before, you know, it was just me and one guy. Now I got other issues, other people to take care of. Or do you just not think about it because you're just doing it and that's it? Well, I, sometimes I think about stuff like that. But I really believe in some things. I really no, I know you can't them. stop. That's what my answer is, mm. I can't stop. But I'm There's quite flawed like, yeah. and also I'm pretty, you know, I can be pretty selfish as well. I mean, like, you know what I mean? I'm a person in recovery. That's what I am really, is a person in recovery. Like, so I'm, I'm aware of my frailties. I'm aware of that. And in a way, isn't it that, that 
Yeah, I don't. Tr I'm trying not to um, augment self fetishization because I generate enough of that in house. <laughs> you know, like I find it pretty easy to get sort of excited about myself. So yeah. I try to focus on can you be of any use to other people? And like, I'm aware, look, in this conversation, people go, no, Ron DeSantis is absolutely amazing. And like, maybe he is, I don't know. You live in Florida, you're friends with him, you know more than me. I'm just like, all I'm asking is where is there, mm -hmm. are the, what are the interests, what's, are people benefiting? And the answer, like when I did that show in Clearwater, people were happy, man. Yeah. Like, you know, they were happy, but I told some terrific jokes, so I've got to take some of the credit for that. Yeah. You know, like, I'm how, not- How many terrific jokes you got? actually ones that are deliverable conversationally, probably zero. <laughs> like my, my jokes are long, yeah, yeah, yeah. long. But yeah, there's yeah. a laugh every 20 seconds. It's yeah. good gear. You would have a good time, you yeah. and your husband. Maybe yeah. don't bring the kids. But like, you know, like it would be... Uh, they don't speak English yet. Uh, we'll be all right. No way. Well, they don't speak anything. Oh, they're babies. Yet. They're babies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that you was raising them to speak Polish. Yeah, yeah, they like, only speak This Polish. is a good move. I like it. <laughs> Polish-speaking children. Why not? <laughs> Do you, doing stand-up, like, is that you at your best? It's a like, is that, is that you? Is it's a you, relief. Yeah, you're just, like, pure joy, like... Because that's what I've always said, is that people can see... Like, it's easy, like, look... I know that, like, say for the thing we've been to where Bill Maher, they'll extract a bit of it, they'll go, oh, Russell Brand, histrionic breakdown, blah, 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 and they won't go. But look, at he spoke about uh, Bernie, like, it's like, look, Bernie Sanders is trying his best, he's talking about centralised authority. I know you don't, you're not down yeah. with Bernie Sanders, but, yeah. like, you know, I think he's a person... You, you were, I think, explaining Bernie's positions better than Bernie. That was the funny thing, because when they asked, when Bill asked him about equity and equality, he completely had no answer. That's and infuriated you, we, you that, isn't it? Yeah. You hate people to, not to know the difference between the equity and equality. basic shit. Like, how do you say <laughs> to the socialists, do you know the difference between socialism and capitalism? And he had no idea. Like, that, in essence, was what happened. But you tried to kind of help him a little bit, in well, a way. You were a better argument you were a better communicator of his ideas i think than he is which is my hope is that bernie sanders is a person that is genuinely interested in decentralizing power and attacking corporatism and standing up for ordinary americans because if that isn't what you're doing then there isn't anything else to do in politics there isn't any other job in politics except representing the interests of ordinary people service love uh, devotion like, oh no financial institutions have got too much power oh no there's too much lobbying money oh no this two-party system isn't working if you're not doing that so i have to approach people with good faith so uh, like, yeah. i guess i should say yeah let's approach ron DeSantis and bernie sanders and donald trump and elizabeth warren let's look at them all let's assume they're doing their best and let's see what the results are <laughs> if the results are those people are individually very wealthy and ordinary people are homeless and destitute they all get very rich. Oh no! <laughs> Isn't that weird? They all get very rich while doing this. Isn't, it Isn't that weird? Isn't that bizarre. How did Obama get? Uh, he's got like a thirty million dollar house in Martha's Vineyard on the water. Isn't it's that bizarre. It's unfortunate that, that but uh, it's unfortunate that people tend to end up accumulating money. But I'm being paid also. Yeah, I'm you don't, being paid. You don't but just, also, I don't run a political party. You don't just send. I it don't back. think there should be any. You don't just send back the cash. You keep that, you keep that. I'm just happy to sit in front of the sign and, <laughs> and chat with people. You don't feel, I don't sense you feel any guilt about that. A lot of people feel guilt about their success. And, ah. and you care about other people, but I don't sense you're guilty in a way that, you know, like a lot of the lefties of Hollywood would be like, oh, you know, on one hand, they'll be super wealthy and live, you know, in the nicest house in Bel Air. And then on the other hand, they'll pretend 
that they're guilty about it when it clearly isn't lined up with their life. Well, sometimes I do feel a bit guilty, actually. Do, do you? A little bit. I mean, I w wish that everybody lived really, really well. But I, as I say, I come from a pretty normal background. And for a while, I was a, a drug addict and I've lived on welfare for a significant portion of my life. I don't know, in a few years when I was signing on, that's what you call it in England. And so I do a bit think, oh God, is this right? But then I like, because also it's for me the grandiosity, but I earned this on merit. I do recognize that there are, you know, that there are certain revenue generating skill sets in the culture that rewards, for example, comedy or football or legal expertise. I recognize how these things happen. And I also don't think that moderate affluence is the real problem. I think it's corporate gigantism. So like, a, like a, so I try not to, again, be too self-flagellating about it because that's a form of vanity as well. Right, and for as much as you may have some cool stuff and do your thing, it's I've like, got that's this not, now. You, you this have, a, lov you have a lovely sweater, and that necklace must have been, I can only imagine. I've had it ages. <laughs> I've had this ages. But the point is that your level of wealth is not the wealth that you're talking about that's pulling the strings of the machine and all that kind if of I stuff. If I had so to set a cap, well it would be the amount I have. It would be the exact <laughs> that amount. Exact you're right sum. there. You're right at the precipice After of being that, the bad guy. There's got to be some real redistribution. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Do you find that all the, the, the basic problems of all, everything we're talking about here, whether you're back home in the UK or here, that it basically is the same, that everything, that the way we all talk about the problems now has become global? It feels like there's some variety. What I wonder is, would I ask myself, would I be happier if I lived a life of complete service? Would I be happier? Is it working for me? Are the systems working, the systems of personal gratification? I've improved a lot. I don't live how I used to live. That's the question that I ask of myself. Is, are, do things seem different in different places? I suppose so. But there does also seem to be a general sense that is quite global. And I, I don't know what it's like in Pakistan or Luxembourg, but like in the places that I go to mm. and know, I feel like there is a hunger, an appetite, an unease, a sense of atrophy. And most cultures talk about ages and epochs and identifiable periods and trends, you know, and of course, perhaps there's even a narcissism to that because all of us are going to experience Armageddon. We are all going to die. And I do query sometimes, Dave, whether even, it matters. Even in Florida? Even in Florida. I think be okay here. Especially in Florida, <laughs> <laughs> looking at some of the demographic. But I, like, I, like, I feel that Perhaps there's a kind of a vanity to it that, uh, you know, and does it matter if everyone dies simultaneously or not, if the planet is going to ultimately expire? But I do believe in the sanctity of human life. I do believe in the unique beauty of, of, of our kind, of our species. And I do believe in God. And I do believe that we're here to realize something valuable and beautiful and that we should be aspirational in our relationships with one another. And for me, if it isn't, as we were discussing earlier today, if it isn't based in action, like if your experience of love and devotion and the divine doesn't have some expression in your behavior, then it's fantasy. Do you have parts of your life that you haven't kind of put together yet? Yeah, the whole like, thing really. I'm still trying to just work it all out. I'm still trying to work it all out. But I, I, like I've recognized that when I'm sort of, I'm quite tired, you know, today yeah, I'm a bit right. worn out and I'm a bit, almost a little bit tearful, but like, 
I, I recognise that I have a, a facility for language that could perhaps mask the fact that I acknowledge that <laughs> I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just asking some questions. I don't actually think that anyone else knows what they're doing either. That's what I've always thought when like, in dealing with sort of political demagogues like sort of Boris Johnson or anybody. No one knows. What do yeah. you know? What does anybody know? I know there are, you know, like there are people that are expert plumbers and expert in construction and medicine and all of that, and that there are different fields of expertise. But all of this for me leads to the smallest possible model, smallest possible business model, smallest possible uh, democratic models, most ability to organise your own life possible. Not like that life becomes abstract and your role is to sort of stare at a screen and participate only through consuming. So you don't have any role other than ex abstract expressions of your own outrage. Yeah, you know, the, the famous quote by Solzhenitsyn, uh, all that we have to, in essence, I'm going to slightly butcher it, but we just he have He went to, through worse <laughs> in them gulags. <laughs> Those gulags were rough. <laughs> but, you know, basically he said, all we have to do to end this is stop participating in the lie. And it, and it seems it. like everyone basically is participating in the lie, even, even accidentally. And I mean that for us, guys that are responding yeah. to stuff because it's out there and we're trying to make sense of it for people or for ourselves, and yet we still have to participate in a game that's that's pretty dirty. Well, that's what I have been saying in these conversations, uh, uh, explicitly in the case of with Joe Rogan, and now I will say to you, perhaps it isn't enough for us to engage only in punditry or even advocacy. Perhaps it has to become, all right, then let's try and yeah. build. And like, well, I think that there should be communities of like subgroups of around, I don't know, is it 100 people? That's what chimpanzees seem to do well with. I'm not, that 2% of DNA has got to afford us something. Maybe we can run slightly larger yeah. communities. Right. What, what are the general principles? What is the amount of power you want to yield? How many ways are there of organizing this? How much can we leave one another alone? Uh, you know, I, perhaps, yeah, perhaps we do need to be involved in a new confederacy in the... That's why, That's why I built this thing. That's why I built this thing. I mean, I built this company. We merged with Rumble to to do exactly this at the digital level. I haven't built my own. Uh, It'd be good if you just yet. meant this side. I meant this side. I put this together. I <laughs> built this. It. It's pretty nice, right? But this is it's actually sturdy. Come on, that's a sturdy sign. It's very satisfying. It's brilliant. <laughs> I really like it. Well done. I mean, but but also it's. But a, that is what you mean, right? Like that we have to build new things. You don't just mean physical communities. You mean like we have to rebuild sort of everything, right? Yes. That's, that's a lot that. of work. I know, but like maybe if we were all doing just our own little bit, yeah. then it's sort of manageable, isn't it? I mean, again, that's another thing I get from recovery, the idea that we're all a bit mental and a bit broken, but not at the same time. And it's nice to be able to reach out to someone and say, we're having a bit of a, like we can connect not at the point of our posturing, but at the point of our vulnerability. So I actually, like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. What do you think? It seems you're like, nah. I had an experience once where I, it, I stopped to help a person who had had an accident. It wasn't a serious accident. She'd only banged her head a bit in a car in the UK. And I was sort of helping, you know, like, because I stopped because it's, you know, a human duty. And lots of other people stopped too. And, like, it was an interesting community that formed mm -hmm. around that accident. And an off-duty paramedic ultimately arrived at the scene. And I saw that in that instance, that is the person that you want in authority. Yeah. But moments later, someone else might be required to be in a position of authority. So having intransigent systems of power that are based on the assumption that human beings need to be marshaled compliantly into community or into behaving well, 
I am at odds with. And you say libertarianism, and as I understand that, that means individual freedom and the most freedom as an individual, whether that's the freedom to express your sexual identity consensually or the freedom to express whatever aspect of yourself that is. And on what I understand of anarchism, it's about the maximum amount of democracy and the least amount of dominion organization happening at the level of community. And the people that I admire, women like uh, Helena Norberg-Kartre, who for years has been advocating for, you should eat food that's grown where you are. Yeah, and yeah, you should, yeah. people should support local farming enterprises and Vandana Shiva, who do not let industrialized agriculture take over the world. Like these are the kind of, like the, these voices ought to be integrated, incorporated, amplified. And these terms of left and right, I reckon we've got to let go of them. I mean, I know yeah. that sort of part of your um, narrative, your story, your life yeah. is that you've transitioned from liberal to, you know, and you know, I don't feel like I'm saying anything different than I was saying when I was a kid of like, I, I'm anti-institution, anti-establishment corruption, and you know, like these were the things I was saying. People, I think last time I was here, people thought I was like a Marxist communist. <laughs> now I'm a right-wing <laughs> conspiracy theorist. I'm saying the same thing. It's kind of fun to keep people on their toes, though, right? Like that's kind of in in its own way, even though I don't think you're doing it by design, right? Next time I'll come back as a, a yeah, vampire. I'm a vampire now. <laughs> I'm Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah. Then you'll have a, a serious political movement behind you. Vampires. <laughs> I, I, I could see that. Um, what else is on your mind that you're not doing publicly? Like nothing. Is, is it like you're just like a canvas out there, and it's just kind of no. Going out there? Like I live a like. Look, the focus of my life is my wife and my children and my meditation and my recovery and Brazilian jiu-jitsu and meditate like and just trying to hold together the ability to do what you know like our jobs now yeah. of like broadcasting five days a week on rumble and creating that content and trying to manage these complex arguments that can easily become divisive and incendiary yeah it ain't easy it ain't easy dave mate yeah. is it now yet because i feel like i really need yeah. a wee quite you bad. got a wee i think i think a wee moment i think ain't I that think been I, an I hour how long we... has this been since yeah, i started been, talking yeah it's been about an hour i think yeah, can I, I think stop can, talking? Because I'm, I've, tired. I've I'm never, so tired. I've never ended an interview with someone having to go to the bathroom, <laughs> but I feel that that's appropriate for this. Is it all right? Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of your bodily, I've got a stand-up fun- show bodily functions? Or yeah, yeah. Oh, I meant just the personal side. Is there? You know? um, no, my bodily functions are all sort of quite good. A general sense of weariness and fatigue, but also optimism about your country and the potential of conversations such as the ones we are having to lead to new forms of alliance and an optimistic approach to politics and culture. Can I just say one thing before I let you pee and then I promise you can What if I just go? I mean, just... I guess if you got up, it would be a very... But I promise you it's a nice thing, which is that for me, doing this whole thing and talking about politics the way I do and the culture wars and all of this stuff and that I somehow decided to create a company that then merged with the other company and that one of the guys on the short list of people that I think is making sense in the world is sitting in the room with me doing this right now and all that, like that's the thing, that's the other thing, that's the subtext between the other political thing. You're giving me that look that I know means you got it, so I think we're good. You're lovely, Dave. Thank you. Right. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. If you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.